Yak. Welcome back to another quarantine podcast. Hope you're doing well. Day 32. We are moving along and we're moving. Um, week six of quarantines. Um, I hope you are finding moments to where you can get out, um, even if it's just for a shake at Sonic or waving at a friend out the window. It was good to see so many of you at Todd's birthday parade last week. I know it was so encouraging to him. Um, I hope you're making memories in the midst of this weird time. We're in the mirror today. First um, John 3 was preached this weekend by Patrick. A phenomenal sermon. Um, and he linked it in the Old Testament passage appropriately because it mentions it directly in the text in First John 3 uh, to Genesis 4 in the story of Cain. Um, you know, in, in a preaching classes... Um, when we talk about how do we preach the text, what do we pull from the text, we talk about this kind of target. So think of a bow and arrow target, right, uh, with circles on the board and, and what's in the center. And when you look at a text of Scripture and you're determining what to preach from it, you want to, at least in theory, you want to hit as close to the center of the text. So this is what the text is all about in the midst of it. But sometimes, especially when... Um, Texts are redundant, we can pull from some of the um, shots, not directly in the middle, but around the outside. Uh, Take, example, the book of Judges. Um, In the book of Judges, the theme over and over again is how we forget the Lord, we fall into sin, or there's misery, or there's persecution. We remember the Lord, cry out to him, and he gives a deliverer. Well, if you're preaching through the book of Judges, um, it would be pretty boring week three on if you don't hit stuff around the center of the text because it's the same thing over and over and over again. Um, And so, namely, remember the Lord, right? Um, And he did an excellent job, Patrick did an excellent job of, I feel like, hitting the center of the text in 1 John 3. And as I'm looking at Genesis 4, the number of arrows on the board, people, is through the roof. We could literally take this text in uh, 70 different directions um, when it comes to not only hitting on the core of the text, but some of its outlying meanings and how they relate to us. Remember, we talked about this last week, how we want to know what the text says to its original audience, what's its meaning, And then after that, we can ask, well, what does this text have to say to us um, as an audience also intended, but not as the original audience? So we're going to look at Genesis 4 today after I've rambled on a little bit about hermeneutics for you. um, And we're going to see what it has to say for us. And I'm going to try to relate it some to Patrick's um, sermon as well, because he did such a good job of it. Genesis 4, 1 through 16. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? 
And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desire, its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer of the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Edom. There, again, there's a lot we could pull from here, but I want to link it as best I can to this sermon on how to love our brother in 1 John 3. You know, one of the places that is the most fertile ground for evangelism is the pews on Sunday. We have to remember, and I, I fear that many times we don't, there's a difference in viewing the church as a hospital for the sick and a country club for the well. And we're prone in America to make church service and small group attendance and whatever group, whether it's youth group of some sort, attendance and participation about us. And when we're challenged, right, to die to self and make it about our brother, we're quick to respond, am I my brother's keeper? Dying to self is found throughout all of Scripture, especially in the life and ministry of Jesus himself. And we reflect Jesus most to our brothers and sisters in the church when we seek after them. And this is, let me be clear, not just the ones that we have a great relationship with. You know, pagans do that all the time. What do pagans do? They hang out with their friends, and if they're consistent in their worldview, they care little about people that are outside their purview. But as Christians, we're called to seek and save the lost and to look for those on the outskirts of not only society, but our friendship groups. And when we don't, we show them hate by the fact that we treat their existence as not real. So when we go to church, when we go to serve in ministry, it is just as much a missions opportunity as it is when we walk the streets and preach the gospel. And I can promise you, if you're not doing it one way, if you're not treating the church as a mission field, 
then we are probably prone to not treat the world as a mission field either. Because if you can't share the gospel with people inside the walls of the church, I don't think we'll be well equipped to share the gospel with those outside the walls of the church. Rebecca McLaughlin, author of my favorite book of the year so far, Confronting Christianity. She posted a blog a couple weeks back. And this is her three rules of engagement when she goes to church so that she can love her brothers and sisters well. Number one, or this is her husband's three rules of engagement. Number one, an alone person in our gatherings is an emergency. An alone person in our gatherings is an emergency. That's just a couple things. One, we have to be aware of the people that are walking in the doors. Are you aware? When a new student walks in the doors that has never been there before, do you notice or does it need to be pointed out to you? Two, friends can wait. Friends are going to be there at the end of the day. But those on the fringes are the ones that will not. And do we seek them out and try to incorporate them? Three, introduce a newcomer to someone else. It's the third rule. If you find someone that's new and you're like, hey, you're in the marching band. I know someone who's in the marching band. Can I introduce you to blank? You know, you don't have to be you know, the perfect friend for the new person. But if you know people in the flock and in the fold, you can introduce people that are. And that would be my challenge to you. Even in the midst of the pandemic, how are you reaching out to people on the outside of your friend groups? Have you even thought of them over the course of the last six weeks? Send them an Instagram, send them a snap, send them a text, call them just to see how they're doing, check up with them. May we not limit the love of God to those that we are most comfortable with, but may we demonstrate brotherly affection by loving those that sometimes we are uncomfortable around. Love you guys. Peace.